0: In this episode, I ask a lot of questions, it gets a little philosophical, and you'll even get to meet my soulmate. Actually, you'll meet a few. I'm Riley, and you're listening to Everything But Love, a story about the year I spent falling in love or trying to figure out how. Listen in on the uncomfortable questions I ask myself and others about what it means to be truly ready for love. And at peace in its pursuit. After releasing the last episode, a wise friend reached out and said, You know, Riley, for the most part, I've agreed with what you've said and shared on the podcast so far. But this last episode, you know, just, it just didn't sit right. I don't think you should change for anyone else. You are exactly who you need to be to meet the love of your life. And first, I really appreciate what he said. And I thought about whether I agreed with it or not. And the answer is kind of complicated, similar to how I've been feeling about this podcast in general, you know, this love project that I started. Because around this time last year, when I was doing this self-work and writing that list and collecting those expanders or role models and, you know, crafting this internal vision board, I was simultaneously wondering whether it was really going to make a difference or if it was maybe just a way that I was distracting myself from something. Now, I question what writing about all of this is doing. Is it helpful? Is it productive? Is it another distraction? I'm still not really sure. But it has given me an interesting vantage point to consider what drives me or any of us to make changes or to work on ourselves. You know, what shouldn't we seek to change? And how can we tell if we're working on the right thing? And when will we know when to stop? And on one hand, I can hear someone say, you need to accept and love who you are and the right person will find you. And maybe that's true. And I hear another voice saying, you know, you'll never regret bettering yourself because our partners are our mirrors. And then my own voice interjects to double check. You know, is there any harm that's going to come from me making this change? Am I hurting myself or another person? And if this change or experiment doesn't amount to something, will I still have found the process worthwhile? Because even though I don't expect that I can control when or how I fall in love next, the benefit that I believe I gain from these self-growth experiments is a more tempered sense of self. If a dreamy partner comes along, that is a bonus. So now that I've convinced myself to keep going, I couldn't help but wonder about another existential idea that a lot of people don't seem to be too sure about. Soulmates. Because if you believe that there is just one soulmate out there destined for each of us, that we will just meet one day no matter what, then you probably just tell me to stop messing around with these experiments because it's all out of my hands anyways. So that's what I wanted to talk about next. Do I believe in soulmates? Do you? And how do I know when I found that person? So I thought I would ask people with some actual experience, two friends, well, three friends, uh, one couple and another person who just recently got married. Uh, I, I really liked the interaction of these stories because, you know, this one friend I actually just really recently watched get married and love, love them as a couple. And the other friends have been married now for a few years and I was also at their wedding. Um, so I feel like it gives a really nice kind of range of someone who is like freshly out of that or still in that love bubble and newly married. And then a couple who's actually like gone through some trials and tribulations and how they reflect on the idea of soulmates. So enjoy.
1: And so when I think of soul, I think myself having a soul, I think I believe that my soul came here for a, a reason right our soul it has existed far before and our soul will continue to exist far far beyond you know I almost imagine it as though <laughs> our souls exist you know in the cosmos like but sometimes it can get a little bit boring and we're like huh you know I want to go down to earth and I want to try this uh, human thing and see you know what this human thing might be like uh, in this this iteration or in this body in this form
2: I feel like in order for me to believe in soulmates, I have to believe that there's a right person for everybody and that your soul is truly meant to connect with.
3: Do I believe in soulmates?
2: I don't know why my body feels like it's rejecting that phrase. I don't know if it sounds too cliche.
3: I don't know if I believe calling them soulmates. I think life partner would be the most fitting. For some reason, I I do have that feeling that the, the universe brought us together for a reason. Now, we did meet on Tinder.
1: And then when I think of soulmates, I think of the soul that helps us like complete that reason and it makes me emotional even just thinking about it um but i think of our our souls you know meeting and on this very like soul or heart-based level you know seeing another person like as our our other soul or our ego person to, to really help us meet our our life mission
2: does my soul find him in every single life that we have I don't, I don't know. Was I meant to find him in this specific life? I honestly, I don't know.
3: Is there someone else out there who may be a better fit? I mean, there's always a possibility that there's going to be someone out there with similar values like that. But I specifically chose Taylor.
2: You know, could I be with somebody else? If I really believe in a soulmate, then shouldn't my answer be like, no, I can't. Logically, I think I could, but I would never choose it.
3: I feel like the universe brought us together for that reason, you know. Like, this is your person. This is who you get to come home to every day.
2: It
1: makes me emotional because I do think of, you know, Meeks, who is my now husband, and I, I very much feel and know that he is my soulmate, and I just, I just see him as such an expression of love. Like, not only him as an individual, also as a person who brings out and allows me to experience um, love in just such oh um, just such a profound way.
0: I suppose that until I decide what to believe, I just want to, you know, look up to and listen to people who do believe that they've met their soulmate and understand, you know, what that feels like so that I can maybe judge that for myself one day.
1: That's something that I wrote in my vows to, to Meeks, right? Like, I really want to to help him be the person that he came here to be. And I know that he helps me be the person that I came here to be. As my soulmate, he's,
3: he's helping me. He's supporting me terms of meeting those intentions that my soul came here to have you find that one person you're happy to see at the end of the day you want to tell them everything she's my best friend
2: from the beginning it's felt like everything with him and i like it just snapped into place so quickly we've always had that deep connection when we first got together i would find i don't know it was like 21 questions to ask your future spouse and it would just allow us to have these big conversations and it didn't feel awkward even though we'd only been dating for a matter of a week. Knowing that we connect in that way and it just feels like truly we are growing together and we're learning and we're evolving and I'm changing and he's changing but it feels like we're doing it together and with him it's never felt like our relationship is based on codependence and I was worried about that when we first got together Because we both just wanted to do everything together.
3: Every couple has fights, but we went a really long time without having any arguments or fights. We were just happy enjoying each other's company, going on trips, going to wineries. We just enjoyed life. We had people coming up to us in the mall going, you guys look so happy. Just walking around in a mall, doing our own thing. It's cliche, but... There's just a spark there between Taylor and I that I can't explain it.
2: I think the one part that bothers me about the phrase soulmate is just that cliche of they're your soulmate and you need to be with them. And I need to like everything about them and they're perfect. By no means does that mean that I absolutely love everything about him because...
3: I still am fairly shut down talking about certain things. And that's where Taylor comes in. She pushes me to be a better person and opens up my eyes to things that I may not even realize I'm doing.
2: But we both continue to choose the other person, no matter what. I'm on his team, and it's my job to try to understand and help him.
3: That's just a support network we have. She's always there for me. She's always my person. She's always on my team. We want to give each other everything, you know? We're all in.
2: Dealing with a mom who went through a cancer battle, having a child, having multiple surgeries, multiple health issues, the thought of going through that with anybody else, it's almost laughable. I truly believe that he is the one that I was meant to be with for all of those things. It was meant to be him. I needed him in those moments.
3: I continue to love my wife, Taylor, more and more every day. We continue to grow as a couple. We have a beautiful baby girl now and a beautiful dog. A perfect life. That's not meant to come off as conceited. I should phrase it. We have the perfect life for me and my family. We've created our version of the perfect life.
2: How does it feel to be with my soulmate? It feels settled. And it's not because, oh, well, you're married. Oh, well, you have a baby. So of course it feels settled. No. I think a really good example of that was my wedding day. I'm the most emotional person ever. I read a nice letter from one of my kids at school and I cry. I watch a video of somebody else's wedding that I live Literally found on the internet, I'm crying. But on the day that most people would argue is the biggest day of your life, I didn't cry. Not one tear felt extremely calm. It felt like standing up there with him, that was where I was meant to be. That was where I belonged.
3: We call each other exit buddies. If anybody's ever seen Finding Nemo, she's my exit buddy for life. And I love her very much.
2: In that room full of a million people, he is the one that I'm going to choose. I don't want to be with anybody else. I don't want to think about anybody else. He's just, he's it.
0: And what do you believe? That there's no use in trying to change something that's faded? That we are the ship and not the sailor? Obviously, this is deeply personal. And I'm not ready to give up the idea that I can influence the course of my life. If for no better reason than I have five more episodes to write. But while I'm not sure if I believe there's only one human out there that will be my soulmate in this lifetime, I do believe that the type of love described and felt by those that relate to that word is something worth believing in. And perhaps it was fate that the clue I was handed to the next step of my journey was given to me by a friend who, in my opinion, around this time last year, met a soulmate right in front of me.
3: That interaction I had tonight was how I want to feel.
0: Yeah.
1: Sitting there looking at the two, you're going... You didn't even give me the warning. You, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it happen. You got to...
0: <laughs> this was recorded on a night that I merged two of my worlds together. I connected two friends from different parts of my life, different kind of timelines, really, And for the first time, you know, they met and I honestly felt like I watched sparks fly and there was this beautiful kind of connection happening between them as if they were talking into a mirror and something about listening to my friend that night and in me experiencing the connection that he felt, somehow it made me see something standing in the way of myself finding that. And it wasn't healing my attachment wounding or my ability to visualize the perfect person or how much therapy I was willing to do or first dates I was planning to go on. It was something already in my life, someone rather, that I seemed to be quietly holding a seat for. So quiet that I hardly noticed until I saw something in my friend that I wanted for myself and realized I couldn't feel that kind of surprise and joy while I was comparing each new relationship to one I already had I had put up a bit of a blockade with the face of someone I think deep down I wanted to believe was this one and maybe you've already guessed it but they had no idea that I felt that way and I was going to have to tell them this is my first podcast and creative project. So if you want to follow along and hear some behind the scenes details on what's gone into creating this, you can join my Substack, where I'll send out an email with each episode. If you'd like to send me your own love note, you can find me on Instagram at everythingbutlove. And of course, the will leave a review and subscribe feels like a virtual hug. So if you're in the mood to spread some love, do that. I'm Riley, and you've been listening to Everything But Love. Till next time.